Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. to following on County Cricketer. It's uh, week three of the County Championship, or at least it's uh, just gone past. And uh, myself, John Norman from Talk Sport, Nick Friend and George DeBell from the Cricketer, and Steve Harmison uh, are back together again to look back at the runners and the riders uh, from another eventful week of four-day Red Bull Cricket. Uh, every week throughout the summer, this is the place to be, whether it's on podcast, on the following on feed, uh, whether it's on uh, TalkSport 2 or on YouTube, on uh, cricketer.com or on Steve Harmiston's YouTube channel. We will be discussing uh, all the action in the only dedicated county cricket show across all three broadcast mediums to be uh, winging its way to you every single week. We'd also like you to get involved. We have had loads of questions, uh, which we'll seek to answer today. But get your uh, questions in, either on YouTube or on Twitter. But for now, it's time to get on with the show. Thanks for watching or listening to Following On County Cricket. Well, here we are again, week three of the County Championship. Good to look back at uh, all the action uh, alongside uh, George DeBell, Nick Friend and Steve Harmison. All four of us were at uh, cricket between Thursday and Sunday. Not all of us, though, Harmy, were at county cricket. Uh, how did the boy do? In fact, I think you might have been to see the game of the weekend. I did, yeah. I seen an absolute epic. 115 played 116 for nine at Rock in the middle of the Northumberland countryside. It was absolutely freezing. I must admit, the missus was very, very cold when she was wrapped up in blankets in a big coat, but... Yeah, Charlie did all right. He had two wickets, um, and then he missed a strike one. A bit like how Dad's career normally went. Got wickets, but tended to miss strike ones as well. And what about you, Nick, at London's premier cricket ground to see? Well, I tell you what, I think that was a good win for Surrey, considering Sam Curran could only bowl 15 overs. They had injury concerns to the bowlers uh, and the wicketkeeper at one point in second innings. Uh, first innings deficit as well. And Somerset looked to be safe, 160-odd ahead, just two wickets down. But uh, Surrey conjured up a win. 
No, it was a good. It was a. I thought it was a very good game of cricket actually between two good teams. A lot of England hopefuls, a lot of guys who played international cricket. A um, couple of very good experienced overseas players on, the, on each team as well. Um, yeah, with the obvious drama, wasn't there? Ben Folks' injury on the third evening. Um, Sam Curran didn't even bowl the fifteen overs he was allowed to bowl in the game. I think he ended up bowling ten and and batting twice and looking sort of pretty fluent and pretty, I guess, sort of Sam Curran-ish. So you know, he hit the second ball after T for six on the final day. Uh, went after Jack Leach a bit. Well, I guess quite interestingly, I think almost you've got all these all those sort of established stars on show, and then Ryan Patel is the man who sort of breaks the game open on the final day, as he's as he really has done to be fair since I think sort of three quarters of the way through last summer when he when he got that breakthrough time the Royal London Cup, and um, and has sort of become this top order dasher out of nowhere, having previously I think by his own admission been been a bit of a sort of a red ball blocker. Um, he he really broke the game wide open actually when he looked at the scorecard and see. Saw how Burns and Amler and Pope and 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 Ben Folks who played very nicely went actually it sort of highlighted how well he played and sort of churning out a ton and 130 odd balls and yeah I think sort of making that chase look a lot easier than it was on the final day. If you're following the show on the following on podcast or listening on Talksport Two, we've had a couple of images flashing up um, of uh, Harmies at uh, up north basically watching cricket and uh, George, you sent us a photo as well. I mean, it looks like someone's essentially offended a very close family member. You don't look at all happy. But I know that uh, it's just for the camera because uh, you're, you're very rarely happier than when you're at a cricket ground and you're at a cricket ground a lot of the time. So what did you pick up? What, uh, what action did you see this week? Uh, I saw Essex going to Warwickshire. So the, the most recent winners of the county championships over the recent se- seasons against each other and uh, Warwickshire won by 10 wickets. Uh, it was actually quite a good game, and uh, I think Essex looked fine. I think they will be fine. Uh, they they lost it in the first innings. Uh, another fantastic innings from Michael Burgess. I mean, if you're picking on form, no one is suggesting he should be playing for England right now, but wow. And Ollie Hannan-Dolby as well uh, bowled really brilliantly, and we had lots of long discussions about the wobble seam. It's not completely new obviously but it is revolutionising cricket I honestly think we're going to look back in 100 years and think that it like DRS has become so many of the innovations in cricket are are benefit batters don't they but this one really does seem to be benefiting bowlers and uh, never more apparent than when Ollie Hannon Dolby is um, making use of it on a pretty flat wicket really Uh, and another little observation that Edgbaston wicket it's a good good test wicket if Verrett Cody's going to break that 100 duck anywhere that's what you should you should put a bet on there. Virat Kohli to get a hundred of the Edgbaston Test. Brilliant! It's that kind of insight you see that you come to the show for. <laughs> um, and also, and I was at the Oval, of course. I was there on Thursday and Friday, um, and and I set the team a task to take a photo while they're at uh, the at the grounds. Uh, Harmy and George nailed it. Nick very disappointed. You know, and you could, no excuses. You were there. I saw you. Still no photo, but look, that's fine. Maybe you're a podcast and a radio you show. You were my kind proof of... of my presence. Well, you no, seeing me was proof that I was there. I was also at Canterbury on Thursday, well, and well, there so was a photo of me at Canterbury. There was a photo of me at Canterbury that I that granted did not end up in your possession. But, well, then um, there, there you go, there you go. I did take a photo though, and essentially I went, I popped over to the pavilion. I am a member, so I was managed to get in. Your ECB pass can't get you in the pavilion. And uh, essentially, I, I stumbled upon this photo that was on the wall. It was of a Surrey team from 1887. And what interested me was that, that one of the players 
was resolutely refusing to look at the camera when the photo was taking place. He looked like he was having a proper sulk on. So I took the photo and I sent it to you guys. And then a couple of days later, I thought, well, I probably better find out who this guy is. And as these things very often work out, if I was to say to you, well, first off, do you know who he was? You saw the photo, but I didn't pick out the player and I didn't give you the reasoning. But do you have any idea who Henry Wood is? No idea. I'll ask no? Alex Stewart. Was Alex Stewart not on that photograph? Oh, <laughs> no, it's only 100 years before, 1887. Nick? No, I was just admiring the sideburns. Well, Henry Wood, statistically, is the most successful England batsman of all time. <laughs> I know, I know, and I had to check it. But if you remove any criteria, and I can see George heading to Crick Info stats <laughs> right now, if you put in highest batting average for any England men's batter in the history of Test cricket, there's your man, Henry Wood. And he's also the first wicketkeeper batsman to score a century in Test cricket. So there you go. And whilst... That's a fantastically <laughs> modern start to the show with a story, <laughs> breaking story from the 1880s. <laughs> Terrific. Oh, I, I can believe it. I, it's, I've, I've been waiting for four days to tell you this story and I'm so pleased that at least I was excited anyway. Well, anyway, that won't be the top line and it won't be moment of the week, but uh, shall, we, uh, shall we start the show, guys? The Top Line. Where shall we start, George? I, I, look, we, we've got to be honest. It wasn't a stellar week of county cricket in terms of, you know, heart racing and pulsating uh, close finishes, is it? Because most of the games <laughs> are over by day four. I, I can't remember a round like it, though. I think there were five innings victories or defeats and one by ten wickets, which is pretty incredible. I, I still think... Look, what I saw was kind of compelling, and it was quite high quality as well, because some of those sides that won, Nottinghamshire being a good example, were sort of bouncing back after a rough week previously. So so it seemed quite... Hampshire as well being a really good example, wouldn't they? So, uh, I, yeah, I, I, I don't know. There was still a certain um, entertainment value, and as I say, the, the quality of cricket that I saw was, was high. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Shan Masood, Nick, he's just spoken to Harmy, actually. That would be going out in the Cricket Collective. Uh, in fact, it would have already gone out in the Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2 and on the following podcast. But, yeah, Shah Massoud just continuing his ridiculous run of form. He, he would... I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> no more needs to be said. Um, no, he's... Um, I think people expect him to have a very good Division 2 season. He's, he's obviously a very good player. He's spent a lot... He's, I think a lot of his, a lot of his career has sort of... Found its way back to England, isn't he? he went, I think he did. I think he was at sixth form in, in the UK at Stam. I think I want to say Stamford College. Might, might, might have that wrong. Was at Durham University, uh, the MCCU system. Obviously played for Pakistan over here. I think he grew up just down the road from Lords as well. So, I guess it was probably always fitting that he'd come back here and score a bucket load of runs. But um, probably not the, perhaps not the number he thought he would score in the first fortnight of the season. But um, I mean, his biggest barrier to a thousand runs before the end of May might just be. Batting for might be the fact that he makes too many batting first and doesn't get another go and they win by an innings and suddenly six seven innings left before the before June becomes two or three but um, no I mean, at this rate he's on for he's on to break all sorts of records isn't he I mean he's and I think Mickey Arthur and Derby have been delighted with the three pitches they played on as well so far so 
and it was good for them, I guess, to get some actual reward and, and win the game as well, rather than the, sort of the two draws they've been involved in before then. Uh, my top line is Surrey's win. I know I'm biased, but at the end of the day, they lost the toss. Somerset were 300 on the board, first innings. They were leading by 160 with two wickets down. Uh, Surrey were two bowlers down in the second innings, and uh, and they won the game. And that's that's a pretty impressive start to the season for them, top of the league. Uh, what about you, Harmy? Um, what was the top line from uh, week three of the county championship, as far as you can see? Yeah, I think Bahannon, 231. And a, an excellent win from, I mentioned him last week, going to bat at number three, taking responsibility. And it's a tough place to go and bat. So if he wants to play for England, go and bat it where it's, it's, it's toughest. And he's, he's shown so far this season. Um, he's in the runs. Yeah. Um, Masood was, again, just carried on where he left off. The interesting when he, he talked to me and Neil Manthorpe in the Create Collective, he said he lost his sister. His sister sadly passed away not long ago. And the, his outlook on the game is it's just a game. Um, has really sort of refocused his priorities in life, um, and he was he was brilliant on interview, and and, and again as as good as he's played. Um, the other one is Patterson White. There's a lot of talk about second of June. Who is going to be our spinner? Well, Parkinson and Patterson White are putting their hand up to say it to Jack Leach. Uh, I'm coming for your place. Um, and he got again. He got a five for at Durham, which is no mean feat at the Riverside. It's not one where Spinners get too many wickets. Um, you got seven in the match. So watch out for that young man, whether he's in contention for England or not. They would be my my sort of top lines. Brilliant stuff. OK, well, you mentioned a couple of the moments and uh, there were plenty of moments, despite the one-sided sided, uh, fair. So let's get on with uh, moments of the week. Moments of the week. OK, well, uh, fair's fair after Lording Glamorgan's uh, heroic Victory against Nottinghamshire last week, um, and I was uh, I was pied a little bit. I did notice they went down uh, against uh, against Middlesex, so that'd be one of my moments of the week. But um, really, my other moment of the week would be a century for uh, George Hill, twenty-one year old um, all-rounder at Yorkshire, and um, weighing in with the runs, and I think he took a wicket in the second innings as well. So there's a there's a couple of moments for you. I won't mention Ryan Patel. Uh, because Nick's already done so. He always talks about Surrey. But what about you other guys? Uh, I'll start with you, Nick. Actually, I just mentioned you. What are the moments of the week? I think within that Middlesex win, there was, you obviously didn't mention Shaheen, who... Oh, yeah, another much, Middlesex much local. Um, <laughs> I think he is... I, I'm really interested by Middlesex this season because their bowling attack is so well stopped, especially with Shaheen. And I mean, they had a lot of problems last year, but none of them were, none of them were with their bowlers. I mean... But what was interesting last year is they had the best bowling attack, they had the best bowling average in the country against right-handers, and I think the second worst in the country against left-handers. And I think part of the reason for bringing Shaheen in was having a left-armer who would effectively run up at 90 mile an hour and bowl at the stumps of left-handers. And to bowl Glamorgan twice out cheaply without Murta, without Bamba, who I think were, that was 110 wickets between them last year, was was a, was significant for that reason. But also I think the return of Richard Johnson linking up with Toby Rowland jones who played for England when Johnson was his bowling coach at Middlesex beforehand, and likewise Tom Helm, who played for England Lions when Rich Johnson was his bowling coach beforehand. They they both started the season brilliantly. I think Helm, I think, has now taken more wickets this season than he probably has done his last two or three, or possibly four Red Bull, Red Bull seasons combined, whereas Rowland jones took eight wickets in the match and got 60-odd with, with the bat. Um, between that quintet, I guess, th- I mean, that's that would be as good an attack as any in, in Division 2 and if you add Tino Malawalita's 
UK citizenship guy through that now gives them a his option with left arm spin and Luke Coleman who's, who's the young leg spinner as well They've, they're very well balanced uh, yeah well balanced attack and if you have Mark Stoneman's runs with Sam Robson's runs suddenly they look pretty a pretty formidable team in that division and obviously Pete Hansen comes back as well if he can follow up what he did in the Shield this, this winter rather than what he did in the Championship last year which was not all that much yeah absolutely George you had a bit of a concussion sub drama um, yes uh, Liam Norwell took out a real crashing blow to the head while batting um, and, and he's going to miss this week's game as a consequence which is a shame I think he you know they think he's okay but uh, the, I think the protocol is you have to be okay for seven days before returning so um, uh, Oliver Hannon Dolby came in and as ever blocked the hell out of it with um, uh, Burgess at the other end which meant that had he, either of them been out the Warwickshire Indians would have been over so Craig Miles was called up as the concussion sub but he'd gone home uh, he lives in Alva Church or somewhere, so he's about half an hour away. So uh, they were getting regular updates on his journey as he drove to the ground. They were like, he's at the lights, you know, on the whatever road, Ulster Road. And, um, which, uh, yeah, there was this odd period where they were blocking it. And Burgess is obviously smashing it at the moment. I think he's hit 13 sixes in two innings so far this season. Um, so it was, a, it was a really odd passage of play. And then he arrived, and I don't know what they put on for the last wicket. 64 off the top of my head, I think it was. And Burgess went on to make another 100. And it was such a crucial stand because you could really see the Essex heads drop. Because they, they batted very poorly in their first innings. But they clawed their way back into the game. And sometimes those stands are what become the tipping point. Uh, and so it, it, it really did feel uh, quite important. And it just it, it put them... It put Warwickshire out of reach, uh, and, and you, you you look at the whole season, Essex Warwickshire. That that is one of those sort of barometer games potentially. It's early days, but you know that's a big win. Did he arrive in his whites? I don't know. Up in the car I mean, he was driving, in. so I I, I I don't imagine there was a lot of scope for for changing uh, as he arrived. So no, I don't suppose he did. It, I, I'm a bit surprised they'd let him go home, to be honest. But he'd just done a stint on the radio. And, I, you know, they'd said, off you go. But uh, anyway, he did. Um, he got there just in, in the nick of time. Harmy, what about you? Unless you've got some tales uh, from playing where you had to dash to the ground. I imagine imagine not, no, to be honest. There was one There was one game where I dashed to the ground after I got brought into the squad for the Lord's Test match against Australia. Not going to play, but managed to keep it quiet from knots because Durham were playing Knotts, and word had got back to me that if I was going to play in the test match, Knotts were going to play on a certain pitch, have a little bit bit more in it. And if I didn't play in a test match, they were going to play on this flat pitch, which actually it riled me up a little bit more. So I get left out of the test match at half, to, half 10. Strauss picks a team, I'm not in it. I've raced up to, up to Trent Bridge, got there by lunchtime. And I think I had six foot by the end of the day bowling on this flat pitch, which still still generated a bit of pierce. Durham won, we won comfortably. So it's probably the only the only time I've had to dash somewhere. I was literally the, the night before the play, the lads at Durham were telling me that we literally got two, we're going to play on potentially two different pitches here. One if you're playing and one if you're not, um, which I thought that was a little, you know, a bit respectful to, towards myself, but it, it rattled me up a little bit more that, they decided to play me on the flat one. So uh, that's the only sort of pitch thing that, that got me. Actually, I've got yeah. my moments were a couple of nice gestures by players because we've talked about how good 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 individuals have been. As an alley give a young kid the stump that he managed to, I think he, he broke middle stump 
um, and, a, and a young kid got a nice souvenir. And Peter Settle, again, great ambassadors for our game. Give the mm. the five wicket ball to a young Surrey fan, uh, sign. So little things like that are great gestures from from the players who are, are role models as well, which is is great to see. It's great to see young kids in in watching first class cricket. But we can't get away from this. The shocker, that umpiring decision. I'm sorry. Oh um, yeah, was it at Canterbury? Yeah. It was. Did he give? I think he gave young cops out. Caught back pad and. I think he's had his hands and he nearly had his hands in his back pockets never mind anything else so i'm sorry to the umpire i have to call you out on this that was an absolute shocker <laughs> it gets given on ben brown's appeal doesn't it short short leg and leg slip hardly appeal there's just nothing coming <laughs> i'm not surprised they didn't appeal oh my word it was the, it was the actual it was cox's cox's body language and darren stevens at the non-strikers end the, the, the great headband towards the umpire it was like and that partnership what was that partnership that partnership was I think it was about 40 odd and it was it was holding the game up it was holding Hampshire up and when Darren Stevenson's look when the finger went up in the air was just priceless even though he had his helmet on you could just you could just see the look in his face was just yeah, that was a shock can I just check was it, was it Rob Bailey the umpire I thought it was Rob Bailey because I, I sort of semi-recognised that. Well, we better be careful. We better be careful to check or not say that then, hadn't we? But um, he's actually quite a good umpire. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, don't know, I guess we've all, you know, we, we all make these inexplicable mistakes, like driving well, into a post or something like that. Well, didn't Rob, <laughs> I, didn't Rob Bailey's Test career come to an end because of an equally horrendous umpiring decision? Yes, yes, he was caught off the thigh pad down the leg side at the second or yeah. third appeal. Yeah, Viv, Viv Richards ran down the wicket and just kept yeah. going and going until the umpire went. Oh, okay, I'll give it. Out. I'll give it that out. That is pretty I'm much s- right. Yeah, I'm still annoyed about that. <laughs> Thirty-two years later, I tell you what. Just one final thing as well. It would be really interesting if England were playing Pakistan, and it's a rare summer that they're not. To be honest, uh, obviously they're going there at the end of the year, but uh, so many Pakistani players in rich form. Uh, over the last three weeks, but uh, let's head over now. Let's uh, let's uh, uh, cross to uh, race to Lords. Race to Lords. Okay, okay. Race to Lords. I mean, this list is getting longer and longer, which I suppose is uh, is healthy. But let's go through some of the players. I'm going to have to change it around, so I don't start with sorry players every week. But basically, there's a lot of them. Rory Burns, uh, unfortunately, has continued uh, where he left off. Nothing scores really. Twelve and seventeen. Ollie Pope's average is now below a hundred at the Oval. Forty-seven and five. Ben Folks is doing everything that needs to be done. He's taking catches and he's scoring runs. Sixty-three and uh, forty-eight not out. And Sam Curran, you mentioned Nick earlier, smashed it around really. Eighty and thirty-three. Not for twenty-one. Sam Robson, someone you've been keeping your eye on, Nick. He uh, scored twenty-one. Uh, Alex Lease is injured, so hasn't played. James Bracey, oh, we've... I tell you what, you must have been slumped on the desk at the Oval <laughs> press box. Nick, when news came Canterbury, through... Canterbury, I think, that day. <laughs> oh, is it Canterbury? I was, well, watching, I was watching Ben Compton at the time, actually. Wow. The man who never stops batting. I know, I know. Harmy said last week, if uh, Bracey scores a century against Mahmood, Parkinson and Anderson, then that's something to really get excited about, but... Unfortunately, he made 5 and 14. Don Bess and Adam Lythe. Adam Lythe, 2 and 53. 
bowled a little bit as well. Don Best, two for 31, one for 48. Darwin Milan, though, two half centuries. You feel his time might have gone, though. 64 and 75. Jack Leach didn't take a wicket, did bowl, not for 25 and not for 33. Parkinson, one for 36 and three for 79. I asked a question a couple of weeks ago about Josh Bohannon. Should he be in the race to Lords? And you all were very quick to say, yes, he should. 231. Zach Rawley's indifferent start to the season continues. 7 and 29. Dan Lawrence, 30 and 44. Sibley scored a couple of runs, a few runs. 30, uh, 33 and 41. Not out as Warwickshire beat Essex. Craig Overton uh, coming up against his brother. 2 for 83 and 1 for 58. James Vince, 111. And Anderson, not for 30, 2 for 25. Mahmood, 2 for 44 and 2 for 46. Anybody in that list, George, that uh, really stands out? Yeah, I think uh, Matt Parkinson's season couldn't be going any better, could it? P- partly because he's bowling well and taking wickets, and partly because his rivals aren't having the same opportunities. I saw there was some criticism of Tom Abel for not bowling Jack Leach a huge amount, and he had played in the previous game at Taunton and not bowled at all. But I noticed in the same game, sorry, didn't pick their specialist spinners. So, you know, uh, sometimes the conditions don't necessarily suit. But what I would say is that that kind of proves the point that a finger spinner maybe isn't able to extract anything from some of these surfaces where a leggy is. And I think things are aligning to suggest that Matt Parkinson might well win his opportunity quite shortly. I don't know. What do you guys think? Well, all I was going to say was I agree. And the good thing that Parkinson is getting at the minute He's now bowling in an international attack. He's got you've got obviously you've got Hassan Ali, you've got Saki Mahmood and Jimmy Anderson. So from Parkinson's point of view, if he does get his chance to play at Lords or wherever throughout the summer, he's actually playing with international bowlers. So not only is his skill level going to be a certain at a certain standard, he's actually fitting in and around bowlers of international class. So he knows he's got to bowl, you know, the, the areas he's bowling. Um, the variations he's bowling, but when to attack and when to contain and when to hold because of the international class that he's, he's, he's in with. So I think that if I was selecting the England side, I'd be looking at that and how he goes about deliv- not just delivering his skill set, but also the, the mindset and how he goes about his daily work fitting in with bowlers of international class. So that, that for me is a good tick in the box for Parkinson as well. I think on top of that as well, what he's got at Lanks that Jack Leach certainly doesn't have at the moment is runs on the board. Um, and obviously he might not have that with England, but I think Parkinson, so what, last two games, Lanks have wrapped up massive scores and won by innings, or won by innings and won by 10 wickets. Um, and I guess the, certainly as a leggy, the benefit of that can't be underestimated. And just, I guess the amount, just the opportunity to bowl and to be told to attack and to have men around the back, bat and all that kind of thing. Um, Jack Leach, I mean, Somerset has struggled with the bat, and that was Tom, I think Tom Abel. Tom Abel's first inning century was more runs combined in his, than in his last 14 innings, I think it was. And then he got 50 in the second innings as well. But but once again, their collapse in the second innings, it sort of let Sari back in, was very much sort of emblematic of the way they've been going with the bat for quite a while. Um, but also at Sari, at the Oval, they're playing on... It's not dead centre, it's not right, it's not right on the side, but it certainly gives... It certainly, as a captain, means you've got one short side to protect. And I think with the... I don't know if this came into the thinking, but the... But I think it maybe maybe became harder to bowl Leach for for twenty twenty five hours straight as they as they might have done late in the summer on another ground perhaps. But, but equally, I was at Canterbury on Thursday and they're playing right over on one side and I think Hampshire picked Dawson, Crane, and Felix Organ 
and you know Mason Crane has bowled far better in his life than he than he did over those four days. But but once again, the benefit of runs on the board as they had, I think six fifty, and the benefit of playing an attack with guys like Kyle Abbott and Keith Barker, who certainly created a lot of rough, but also meant he could he could he could afford to attack and they could afford to don't know sort of seeing bleak runs and on the off chance that he would take two or three he didn't but I, but I guess that I think seeing teams pick a leg spin in those circumstances I think what we need to see more of so yeah, yeah they, I, got I, I'm runs. not positive that um, Lord's surface which is you know we talk about the race to Lord's is going to be particularly helpful to any spinner but you know Parkinson is learning to bowl on pitches which are massively helpful I mean again I, th- I think Lancashire are a very well run club you know, they're producing players and they're producing the sort of pitches which I think we need to see to, to produce uh, good players and players ready for England cricket. Um, so he ha- is getting used to doing those jobs. Look, I, I, I think I said before, the first time I saw him, I thought he was miles away. And every time I see him, he gets better. He's doing everything right. And, and it feels like we're on the brink of it happening. I think we're, I think the, the thing you've got with Lords is the D- when D- with now DRS is in the game with a slope. You've always got to pick a spinner at Lords because they're always they're always in the game, even though it's not turning. We are that that front pad, the slope, everything that comes with it. You just make a slight mistake, and they're in the the, the spinners in the game. To go on to it being sort of race to Lords and looking at you know the second of June, you look at the team that finished the the the, the test team that finished in the Caribbean. Other than Craig Overton, there's nobody for me saying pick me. There's a hell of a lot on the other side. And that's what we've said. We've said the competition for places for the England cricket team in the last two years has been very, very minimal. The pool of players in red ball cricket compared to the white ball cricket has been very, very minimal. You look at that team that played in the last test match in Grenada to what options are potential coming in. There are a lot of people knocking on the door and it's probably up to the selectors to whether to take a punt or not on whether the person that he's replacing is better or not because the ones out of playing county cricket at the minute from the England te- the team that played in the third test match other than Craig Overton everybody else has, has really either not playing or had a real struggle and there are players, people young players knocking on the door and whether they're ready or not it might be new chance new time chuck them in but I think the good thing about these first three rounds of county championship matches there are a lot of young players knocking on the door now which is good to see I think there's, and to throw another curveball there as well, I think three or four of those guys from that Grenada team, so Dan Lawrence has got a hamstring problem. We've not seen Alex Lee since the big 180. Craig Overton was off the field a bit yesterday with a toe problem. Um, Matt Fisher's out with a, uh, what's Matt Fisher done? Back problem, I think. Uh, guys are a bit further away. I think, you know, it may well be that, <laughs> that come June, I guess, other names have been able to step into, you know, been able to sort of enter You've also got Stokes. Because... Stokes is going to be named captain, but you've also got his knee. Yeah, you know, you've also got his his struggling knee, so we haven't seen any any of that. So the rest of Lords, what we have, it could be a very very different looking eleven compared to Grenada to Lords. The one good thing about it is whoever the pick, the pick in form, because there's a lot of good players and a lot of young players in form, which is good to see. We we don't even know who's picking, by the way. Yeah, exactly. You know. Yeah. A few weeks ago, the coach was the main selector. We don't have a coach. So, um, yeah, I mean, I presume Rob Key will do it uh, with advice from James Taylor and, and Ben Stokes. But this is going to be one of the issues. It's a serious issue, in my view, with having a foreign coach come straight in from outside. You know, Trevor Bayliss never had a chance to get to watch any county cricket. So he was very, very reliant on other opinions to, to pick sides. And he was he was so honest you know, we, we would put names to him and he would say, Rory Burns, he had never seen bat until he turned up to play for England. 
So I don't think that's massively healthy. I, I appreciate we're in the position we are and it might be necessary to have a foreign test coach. It looks like that will happen. But it, that is a serious drawback. Uh, guys, I'm going to have to wrap this up because we've got uh, matches to look ahead to and also questions to answer. Uh, so let's get on to the mailbag. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados. Truly the best place to be a cricket fan. The Mailbag. Okay, so we've had a terrific response uh, to uh, the show and plenty of questions in as well. Um, Random dog name uh, on Twitter uh, says, Are Somerset, as the saying goes, too good to go down? Nick? No, I don't think... I think it's a very competitive... I think think Division 1 is very competitive and I think having 10 teams in it means that there is more emphasis on... There is more emphasis than on just surviving relegations, perhaps there was when it was eight teams and very... um, you know, very dog eat dog, but Somerset need to score runs. I mean, then they're the one thing they're not. They're the one thing they're not too good at at the moment is batting. And I mean, if they can sort the batting out, they'll be fine. They'll compete at the top end because they've got a very good seam attack. And as the summer goes on, a very a very dangerous spinner, as we've seen with Jack Leach in the past. At, I guess especially at Taunton. But um, but no, you can't be in a situation where you know Tom Abel's as I said earlier, Tom Abel's scoring a hundred that is literally fourteen fold and what he's done the last fourteen innings. Um, they're, they've, they've been very reliant on on a few guys there, haven't they? I mean, and if you don't score runs, you're not going to win many games. Especially, especially if you are playing on pretty good surfaces, which is what they have been doing for the first three rounds of the summer. So, um, no, absolutely not. I don't think. I think. I, th- I think genuinely thinks be very competitive. You know, Northamptonshire have shown with those two really hard fought draws that they were perhaps everyone's tip to, to struggle as sort of one of the promoter teams in 2019. But they, you know, they're not going. They're not lying down. Likewise, Gloucester, who've lost two. In a row against Yorkshire and Lancs, they very nearly came away with a draw, having having very nearly won the first game against Northampton. So I think there are a lot of. I, I don't think anyone's too good to go down. I think it's going to be pretty close, to be honest. 
Uh, this one's for you, George. Uh, at Tunnel King, Daniel King says, why do Warwickshire players never get talked about to the extent they deserve? And that's uh, echoed by CB Chats. He says, Warwickshire won the championship but didn't get a single player uh, in the team of the year. Uh, why is it that Warwickshire don't get talked about uh, along the same ways that uh, that other counties do? Would you would you say that? I mean, obviously you do. No, I, d- I wouldn't say that, to be honest. Uh, I'm, 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 I didn't know about the team of the year. I don't know who picked that. Was that was Norwell not in it? I, that surprises me. But, I mean, they, they Stone, Wokes, uh, Briggs was in the England squad last year. Sibley's been in and out of the side. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think that's... A, a lot of counties are a wee bit paranoid about their own uh, position and things. I, I think so, uh, Warwickshire at this stage get a pretty good representation, pretty good coverage. I, I, I don't think I accept that. Just on Somerset, by the way, having seen them a couple of times, I think they'll be all right. I, I know they've lost seven in a row. It sounds like a ridiculous thing to say. And it is, to be fair, possible that morale will decline and then anything can happen. I accept that. But they look they don't look very far away from turning a corner to me. And if they can hold it together, I think they'll be all right. It's like Essex just lost a game by 10 wickets. They've got nothing to worry about. They're a good side, good club in lots of ways. I think there might be some stuff that comes out in the next few days about the disciplinary stuff, but that isn't anything to do with the team, really. Sometimes you just lose, and that Somerset side, you know, they weren't that far from victory against uh, Surrey, were they, really? No, they were, uh, good, was they were it, good third it, evening. They were a good third evening away from not really being able to lose. I'm with you. I do think, I, 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 that wasn't to say, I think they'll go down. That was just to say that oh, no, if you don't, if I you agree don't score you. runs, you will struggle. <laughs> oh, no, you're, you're, you're dead, dead right, Nick, as, as ever, really. Uh, the, Nottinghamshire are in Division 2, you know. They're an incredibly strong side. So, of course, you can go down. And Yorkshire went down the year after winning the championship, didn't they? Um, well, several teams have done that. So, um, uh, th- these things can certainly happen. Sorry, I didn't mean to jump in on, on the first question as well. No, no, it absolutely works for me. Uh, here's one for you then, Harmy. Why wasn't Rob Yates picked for the West Indies tour? And is he likely to be in consideration for the summer, te- summer test? That's from James Whiteley on Twitter. He looked to me to be the next cab off the rank rather than Alex Lease prior to that West Indies tour. I think they just went for experience at the top of the order. I think Alex Lease's career, a bit like the David Milan. You took David Milan. If David Milan had went to the West Indies, they might have took a, a more inexperienced opener, a younger opener, a, a, a Yates or a Hearns. But I think with no Milan in there, Root going up to three and having a another inexperienced player at the top. Leeds is inexperienced being in test terms, but age-wise, character-wise, solid solid character, I just think they might have gone right. That's why they've gone with, with Alex Leeds. I don't think there was a right or wrong option at the top of the order. They could have gone with two or three other players. I just thought they might, the, the final decision, the final tick in the box might have been, he's 28-year-old, he's been around the block a bit, he understands his game, why put a young player at the mercy of of what has been a very very difficult winter. Um, we'll go with experience, and and it, this comes back to my point. The biggest thing, one of the biggest things, Keezy has to get right is bridging the gap between first class cricket and Test match cricket. The overseas trips in between uh, in in the in the winters, in our winters, we get back to going them because if you look at the team of the week every single week for the first three rounds of the county championships. They'll probably be on an ear tour next year. And if they can bridge the gap of playing better players, overseas experiences, then they've got a better chance when it comes to Test Match cricket. And I think that's one of the reasons why we have had a real, real struggle of late um, because we haven't had that gap. We haven't had that gap being built. 
uh, bridged. And I think that's why Yates and Haynes, Bahannon, uh, one or two others will benefit from the full season of county cricket, going on an air tour and being ready for the next summer and throwing their hat in the ring. Not to say that they're not going to get picked this year, but I think that's what will help. And I think that's why Lee's got picked over a Haynes or a, or a Yates, just that little bit more experience because he's 28-year-old and he's been around the block a bit. Yeah, just on that, he, he he is at uni still, Rob Yates. He's at uni and he's had basically one season. I mean, he's a, he is an impressive guy. I think he made, don't think anyone made more centuries than him last year. But he went on the Lions so that they could take a look at him. He doesn't know the players he would have been playing with. I think it would have been a big ask and possibly damaged his long-term development. You've got to be a bit worried about that. Maybe this sounds terribly cautious. Uh, the one thing I've noticed, though, they've moved him down to number three at Warwickshire. Surprises me. It, I don't, I'm not saying it's wrong at all uh, the logic was actually very good but uh, he made all his centuries as an opener and he wanted to stay as an opener so that, that's something just to keep an eye on just you know I thought it was interesting mm. I think the Haynes I think the Haynes example is very Surrey. close isn't it as well like the two guys who had one big you've had one big year and if they can replicate it then probably have a a healthier case perhaps than I think Robbie Yates Robbie Yates passed nine eleven times last season and got and made five hundreds which is great but I don't know. I know you don't play the game. You know you don't take those five hundred out of it. But it's still a very small sample size. You you put no. It's, it's a fair observation. John, did you? Did, were you mentioned? Had you read the piece I wrote about Dom Sibley? He's one of the interesting players who's out of contract at the end of the season, and he's been offered a new contract at Warwickshire, and he hasn't signed it. Now I, I don't think that's anything particularly dramatic about that. I think he wants to play T Twenty cricket. Why wouldn't he? And it that looks difficult for him at Warwickshire. I. I it's a struggle to see how he fits in that side, but you know he he is from Surrey. He's gone back to working with Neil Stewart, the renowned Surrey batting coach. Um, I think he's got a girlfriend who lives in London. You know, Surrey haven't made an approach. I'm absolutely not saying they have. I don't think you're allowed to until June the first. But uh, if I were a betting man, <laughs> a lot of people tend to go back to Surrey, don't they? It's a great club, completely understandable. But we'll see. We will see. Um, you know, it was surprised a few when he moved away from Surrey, of course. He certainly backed himself, hasn't he, Sibley? Ollie, uh, this will be the last thing. This won't be a question. We're going to something, uh, wrap things up. But he's, he's basically said what uh, you guys have said in answer to that question about Rob Lake, uh, Robbie Yates. Uh, very young and has only had one good year. Overall average is 30, despite the amount of hundreds he gets. One for the future, but not in the top five openers in the country, as it stands, in my honest opinion. Really talented, though. So, um, sorry we couldn't get to all of your questions. There was just too many. But I think some of the tweets that came through, those questions I didn't ask the guys, kind of answered them throughout uh, moments of the week and also the top lines and uh, race the Lord. So, uh, get them in again and um, we will uh, we'll do our best to answer them as part of the mailbag. Match of the week. OK, guys, all 18 counties in action uh, Thursday through to Sunday. Division 1 sees Essex against North Ants, Gloucestershire, Surrey. Hampshire versus Lancashire, that must be the match of the week. Somerset against Warwickshire and Yorkshire versus Kent. Yorkshire's first game at Headingley since uh, you know what as well. So uh, there's plenty of stories uh, in and around there. Um, let's start with you, Harmy. Uh, which of those fixtures really stands out and what uh, are you looking forward to the most from those five matches in Division 1? Yeah, Yorkshire-Kent. That's it, top and bottom. For me, that's the match of the week because it's the first game the Yorkshire faithful are going to give a chance to to go back through the gates of Headingley um, and either have a their sort of stamp and approval of 
what's happening now and moving forward and trying to rebuild the trust between you know the community and and the club or it goes the other way and the, the, there's still a little bit of an animosity so I'm sure there'll be some anxious waits for Darren and for you know Lord Patel but fingers crossed that yeah, the Yorkshire bandwagon is moving in the right direction, and and the Yorkshire Yorkshire fans will will come in there in their hundreds and thousands to to support the club going forward. And that for me is the the game of the week. I know that that's off the field, um, on the field, yes, Hampshire, Hampshire, Lancashire. Again, we've seen Hampshire get six hundred. Again, they get six hundred against an international attack. Of is Anderson going to play back to back games? Mahmood, Parkinson. See how Parkinson goes against a very very good batting unit who are in form. So, yeah, that's the on-the-field one, but off-the-field one, it'll be it'll definitely be what happens at Henley. I'll be watching on Thursday morning. Are you going to be at a game this week, George? You've got uh, a little little celebration coming up. I don't know about a celebration, but I am taking <laughs> some time off, yes. So no county cricket for you? Yes. And, and a large one. <laughs> <laughs> well, happy birthday. Thank you. Um, what, Hampshire versus Lancashire, though, eh? I mean... And that that must be the match of the week, surely, uh, from from a cricketing perspective. Yeah, it's been a, a quite um, a, a, what's the word I'm looking for? It, it, it's been an encouraging start to the season because you look around and actually there've been some really high content, uh, high quality contests. And this is yeah, a, a really good example. So um, I've no idea which way it's going to go, but it, it, you know, Division One looks really really strong. I mean, you've got a side as strong as Knots in Division Two. That's kind of encouraging too. So I hope it's played on a really good pitch and I hope we see the leggies in operation. Uh, I think that would be really interesting and um, I, th- I, hope, I hope it's a high-scoring encounter basically on a sort of test-quality wicket. Uh, and those are the sort of encounters where you can start to make some sensible selection decisions ahead of a test series. You know, I think we talked last week about what you read into Craig Overton's 13 for 87 or whatever it was. And I don't know the answer... But I think that if you're seeing two really good quality sides on a sort of test quality wicket, then you can begin to make some really informed decisions, can't you? Um, and Nick, uh, I mean, one of the, to, to, to further on from George's point, really, if you were to look at the teams that you'd say would be, you know, contesting the, the bottom positions in the table, North Ants, you know, they, they batted out a draw uh, and they batted a long time uh, against uh, Yorkshire uh, last week. Gloucestershire, of course, have been your guys' tips to actually impress this season. And um, they came within four overs of, of batting out a draw. Um, I mean, Somerset we've talked about a little bit. But even Kent, you know, Compton's continuing his ridiculous run. Uh, Daniel Beldrummond has scored, scored a big century last week as well. So it, it does show the, de- the, uh, the strength in depth, really. I'm saying, I mean, put, it, put it this way, I mean, on North Ants, so North Ants are back at Chelmsford for the first time since they lost in a day and half an hour. In last September, they batted longer against Yorkshire to save the game last week than that game lasted. So that is a good sign, I guess you'd say. Um, okay, for their survival yeah. hopes. Um, no, and for their season, I think Will Young top of the order, having an international opener um, definitely helps, especially given that Ricardo Vasconcelos, the young captain, just starting out and opening the batting as well, um, a lot on his plate to have someone who knows what the, you know he's done at the top level. Can can only help, um, but no, I was yeah, I, was, I mean, I was, I was at Canterbury last week watching Compton, and um, I only saw him eight twenty seven, I think, of one hundred and three. But well, actually, what was interesting is that he's sort of realised during the in, during the course of that day that he's he is the same age, I think, a few months older than Daniel Beldrummond, who was player who made one hundred and fifty, one hundred and forty nine, rather, um, 
you know, he was one of those guys who was touted for England for years, wasn't he? And, and it was by Rob Key, actually, among others. Um, won the Wisdom Schools Cricket of the Year back in back in the day, I think, you know, and which was also won by Butler and Bearstone, James Taylor and those guys. And Butler, the same age, and Daniel Baldrummond is, you know, club vice captain playing his 343rd game, I think it was. Then you've got Ben Compton, who sort of had to fight his way to that point. And I don't think you can ever call a Compton an outlier in the game or an outsider in the game, but you, I think you can certainly admire, you know, I think the willpower more than anything to. You know, I've spoken to enough guys who've trialled and have done twos cricket and have done the circuit and feel like they've missed the boat. And, you know, fair, I think fair play for, for keeping going, I guess. For um, And actually, I think it's quite a pertinent thing in the, in the context of what we were saying earlier about Robbie Yates and guys like that who there's such a clamour for them when they're so young to, to be thrown in. Guys develop at different points and hit their peak at different points. And, you know, it might not work for someone at 21, it might, it might be too young for them. You know, might, you know, they might fall out of the system at 21, 22, whatever. But, to have a guy at the top of the run scoring states who's 28 years old and has had to go via county uh, second team cricket two, two, two or three different counties I think he was playing the Zimbabwe in first class compared back in January and February I think that's quite heartening to see um, just on a purely human level as much as anything and yeah it'd be interesting to see how he goes at Yorkshire because I mean he'll be playing a very good attack and I'm not sure he's faced anything as quick as Harris Ralph yet I might have that wrong um, in the chat in, in, sorry in this season but, um, but yeah as, as with Harvey and, and George I'll be looking at Kent at Yorkshire more than anything else but of course Lancashire Hampshire was the title side last season wasn't it so um, mm. up at Liverpool um, hopefully played on a very different surface that did create a great game but was quite low scoring um, but yeah yeah, I think that they are the two standouts certainly uh, What about Division 2 for you Harmy? Nottinghamshire Worcestershire that should be pretty entertaining actually Derbyshire against Glamorgan uh, so we'll see if Shan Masu can continue his uh, well, fantastic uh, April and Sussex against uh, your team, Durham. Middlesex against Leicestershire. Uh, where's your attention going to be, aside from how Durham are doing? Yeah, Durham will be obviously trying their, their hardest to get rid of Pajara. He seems to be the one that's going to hold that group together. Not Broad. Is Broad going to play against against Worcester? And Worcester, what did they rack mm. up? 400, 400, 491 last week. Against the, uh, it'd be interesting to see how they go. Brett Dolivera, he got 107, 169. It'd be interesting to see how they go against the very, very good, what will be a very, very good Knots attack. I think it'd be interesting to see who Knots leave out because they'll have a quite a bit of a, a selection dilemma to get one of the greatest bowlers of, of all time into their group because the bowl Durham out for 230 and 117. So that'll be an interesting to see how they go. But that for me is the game of the, of the, of the second division. And hopefully Durham can go down to to uh, to the south coast and and, and beat Sussex because you know it's a bit of a disappointing week for Durham last week if they want to have any aspirations of of going up because Derbyshire look as though they've got runs in them. Notts look very very strong. Middlesex have got a bone attack that will get twenty wickets everywhere. So and they look as though they've got a good side as well. Middlesex so. As, as well as we've talked up the first division, there's about four or five strong candidates to go up and hold their own in that second division. Um, and, and Durham are probably just hanging on the shirt tails of that. OK, uh, we, uh, time is against us, so let's head to uh, One to Watch. One to Watch. OK, so at the start of the season, we all picked one player that we were going to follow the fortunes of. And uh, once again, it's uh, Harmy's man who's really standing out. Matt Potts with six for 107 against uh, Nottinghamshire, uh, Harmy. Although, of course, in, in a losing cause, and Nottinghamshire... No, it wasn't against Nottinghamshire. Who was it against? Yeah, Nottinghamshire. 
That's right. They he, only they only batted once, didn't they? Is that right? Bowled nicely, bowled bowled lively. Looked as though he had a a decent a decent bit of pace up, and he he bowled straight. That's the thing I like about the guy. He, he's quite tall. He's not you know hugely tall. He's about six foot two, six foot three. But he hits the deck quite hard, brings the stumps into play a lot, and that's what I like about him, especially at Chester Street. Um, him and Ben Wren got nine wickets between them, but Slater was just too good for him. But it was it was good to see that, again, he's continuing with the wickets. What's that now? He's got fifth, 16 championship wickets. Um, so, like I said before, like I said last week, if you get Brandon Cast, Brighton Cast back into that group, you know, Durham will have a, a bone attack that can, can challenge to trying to get them pushed up the league. But again, like we've talked about, George talked about and Nick talked about earlier, if you can't get runs on the board, no matter how many good bowlers you've got, you're not going to win games. Uh, Ed Pollock uh, weighed in with a few runs. Uh, Nick, would have been pleased to yes. see that. No, I was pleased. I was actually I was pleased with the manner of them as as with the number of them. He, obviously, Ed Pollock's name, I think, until this year, was solely white ball linked because he'd never played a, he'd never played a Cal Championship game in six years at Warwick. So naturally... I think fair play to him for going to Worcester and playing his way. I think he'd spoken to a lot of bowlers who all said to him, "Don't change what you do." You know what? I think what the, the, the gist very, very much being that what's made him, you know, sort of pretty successful in the white ball stuff has been that if you miss, he's he's just going to haul you over the next side. But um, uh, and yeah, he was, he was out at he was out at twelve thirty for seventy seven on the first morning of seventy odd balls. He made a hundred and twelve ball ton on his on his first on his on his debut for the county. So. Yeah, I, I quite like seeing that as much as said, much as the, the number of runs. Just you know, a guy sort of backing his ability and a bit, a bit like Ryan Patel's done it. Sorry, you know, sort of realizing that he's got the game to to go and you know, if it's there to be hit, to hit it. Um, and yeah, you know, it always come off. But but while it, I think I said in the first episode that it'd be intriguing to watch how fares in Red Bull cricket. And um, yeah, two hundred runs in two games is, is isn't bad. <laughs> uh, Mason Crane did get a bowl this week. Uh, didn't take a wicket though in two innings. George. But, you I'm, know, just played. I'm just glad he played. I'm just glad he played. Exactly. I think he took naught for a hundred, didn't he? And went, you know, almost four over or something. But uh, you know, like better games. I, I, I just think the relevance is that you got two decent leggies playing. You, you couldn't exaggerate. We're, we're almost the same age. I don't want to do you a disservice, John, but I didn't yeah. see a leggy. I didn't see an English leggy for until I was probably thirty. I kid yeah. you not. Or Kim Barnett bowled a bit. But Abdul Qadir, when he first appeared, I mean, that's why I loved Pakistan so much. There was such a, yeah. a sort of magical, fun side to watch. And Abdul Qadir was... Uh, uh, and then Shane Warne appears, and people started to copy him, in particular Shane Warne. But it, it, it's, it's... I see Mason Crane as a sort of barometer cricketer, that if he's playing, it probably says something about the pitches, and it probably says something about... Uh, the way he's going to be captained, because you probably have to expect that leggies are not going to provide, generally, Shane Warne apart, quite the same level of control as you might get from a Jack Leach. So uh, I'm delighted he played, and um, you know I hope I hope he continues to play. And you know don't judge him on those figures; he's he's a lot better than that. But but yeah, he's fallen behind Matt Parkinson at the moment. But that that's not the the big picture really. And there's well, been one. Can... There's been one county championship ten for by a leg spinner in the last decade. Well, that was Mason, presumably, was it? No, it was Luke Holman, actually, in Middlesex at Sussex last year. Oh, wow. But before that, it was Adil Rashid back in 2011, which Great speaks to, so speaks to how, yeah, as, I guess to everything you've just said there. But um, I think, Actually, I th- the second English leg year, so it was probably Athers. Because <laughs> Athers had a season where, well, no, but you laugh, but he, he was a good bowler for a while. Yeah. He yeah. had a season where he took something like 
48 first-class wickets, maybe 45, something like that. And at that stage, you're thinking, he's really going to develop into uh, an all-rounder. I know that kind of sounds silly in retrospect, but he just had a bad back. Um, Mm. You know, he's got a rubbish back. But I'm pretty sure he took almost 50 wickets in a season early in his career bowling leggies, which uh, that was unheard of at the time, I think. Well, look, we've just finished strongly. That's all I say. Nick Friend pulling out the stat. (laughs) Leave the leave the best right. till last. <laughs> uh, it doesn't matter. We're going to, well, I'm going to go and check that Mike Atherton thing as well. Um, my man Dustin Melton didn't play. Well, he did play. It, so he played in the seconds. Uh, pick up one for 59. I hope he does play. Uh, he's got a wonderful story. Guys, uh, we'll leave it there. Thanks so much for listening or watching. Uh, following on, County Cricketer. If you got this far on YouTube, then please subscribe, review, leave a question. And if you got this far on the following on podcast, then uh, we'll do the same, really. Um, and we'll be back uh, following week four. George won't be with us, so it'll be myself, Harmy, and uh, Nick looking back at all the action from week four. Big happy birthday uh, to George, and uh, thanks for watching or listening. Well, that's it for another edition of Following On. Thanks uh, for listening. And if you ever have any ideas for guests or have questions for uh, the likes of Steve Harmison or Neil Manthorpe, feel free to tweet me at Fulham John or via at Cricket underscore TS and uh, either I or one of the team will make sure that your questions are read out uh, on the show at the earliest convenience also please take the time to leave a review and if you're already a subscriber then tell your mates to do the same and if you want more content from the likes of Steve Harmison then head over to his YouTube channel and tell him I sent you thanks for listening to following on The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 